position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! President Nixon was arrested today by a team of federal agents and D.C. police who forcibly entered the Oval Office, taking Nixon into custody after several minutes of violent struggle, during which the president threw a barrage of punches and kicked wildly. Refusing to remain standing, he was eventually forced to his feet and dragged to a squad car while shouting a stream of obscenities. Oh, get away with us, you lousy cock-sucking Justice Department goons! I'll have the Secret Service kill every last fucking one of you, I swear! I'm Richard Milhouse Nixon, the President of the United fucking States of America! Nixon was formally charged with a wide range of crimes, from destruction of criminal evidence to spitting on a federal agent. He used his one allotted phone call to talk to former vice president and friend Spiro Agnew. It is unknown what the pair discussed. After his arrest, President Nixon has escaped from McWilliams Federal Penitentiary, assisted by former vice president Spiro Agnew. Guards were leading Nixon from the exercise yard to his cell. When a loud explosion investigators believe was set by Agnew, created a diversion during which Nixon slipped through a gate, disarmed and fatally shot two guards. The chief executive then scaled a fence to the prison's delivery entrance, where he was picked up by Agnew in a green 1971 Dodge Dart. 
Pursuing vehicles were forced off the road when shots fired by Nixon. President Nixon was fatally shot by FBI agents today outside a motel in Yuma, Arizona, following a tense six-hour standoff and hostage crisis. It is believed the president was attempting to make his way to Mexico. Fuckers! 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 I acted in accordance with the law at all times! I am innocent of all wrongdoing in the Watergate affair! Die, you fuckers! The FBI tracked a credit card stolen by Nixon to the Sunspot Motel in Yuma, where more than 200 federal agents descended determined to take the rogue president dead or alive. Nixon eventually exited his room, holding his gun to the head of a pregnant woman from the motel's housekeeping staff. When the woman broke free during a moment of confusion, agents briefly exchanged fire with Nixon, wounding him fatally. Gerald Ford was sworn in as the new president this evening. Ivor, blast the music. Hello, and welcome to episode number 315 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Sunday, 8th of November, 2020, at uh, 1720 p.m. Pacific Coast time, coast with the most. Casey been living underneath a rock. Crack well, by the way, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Uh, holding up the whiskey sign, and yes indeed, Ivor, it is time for whiskey. Cause in case you've been living underneath a rock, yesterday, around 9.45 in the morning, Pacific Coast time, left coast coast with the most. Uh, uh, that would make it yesterday was for our sequel friends. Uh 201107. <laughs> Uh, I can't believe it. Um, I was live streaming Red Dead Redemption 2 after being up all night. And uh, I was watching the news. And I had to... I, I, I paused the game. I kept the live stream going. But I was like... Holy shit. CNN just declared uh, Pennsylvania for Biden. And then MSNBC declared it, and then Fox News declared it, and uh, we have a new pre- We've elected a new president. We've elected a new president. Ah, uh, now this is—I mean—it's so awesome. It's—it's it's great news, but um. What now follows is 73 or 72 of the most scary touch-and-go days in American democracy, because Trump has said nothing about this. He was... Okay. I, a lot of this... Ep- I, I owe at least half of this episode to Jojo Kimon Kendall, who we talked last night. Uh, he, I, I had I had my notes done for the show, but he, he said so many great things. By the way, the name of this episode is One Bullet at a time. But Joe pointed out, and we'll get to that in a moment, but Joe pointed out, <laughs> pointed out to me that, and I heard this that morning because I'd been up all night getting drunk and stoned. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. And then I watched, I watched in real time as people in front of the White House just started to gather, went from like five to ten to a hundred to a thousand to tens of thousands of people in like an hour. 
It was amazing. Spontaneously just expressing joy in front of the White House, which has a new fuck a new they put up a new fence um in preparation for last Tuesday. And they already have it already looks like a fucking Peruvian dictator, you know, built the place. <laughs> but anyway, it was all peaceful, it was all great, it was all fine. It was it was on this beautiful Saturday morning and then everywhere across the country the, these these uh these marches and and just people dancing in the streets. Um meanwhile Trump was golfing. And as I had heard earlier that morning, his plan was to finish, you know, his <laughs> I tweeted this to paraphrase the old uh, <laughs> the old Mrs. Lincoln joke. How was the play? Uh, well, how was the back nine? How'd you shoot on the back nine? Oh, by the way, you're fucking fired. <laughs> um, but uh, he was supposed to give a speech later on that day before uh, Pennsylvania got called. And there is no doubt now. There is no doubt. We have a new president-elect. Um, but he canceled that speech. And as Joe pointed out to me, and I did not believe this when he texted me that morning. When he texted me yesterday morning. I did not believe it because it was just so insane. <laughs> I've always said of the Trump administration that they couldn't run a two-car fucking parade. Um... This is a new low out of a whole series of new lows. Not only did they cancel the speech because they lost they lost the election. <laughs> but Walt Trump is on the golf course. Oh god, it's such poetic justice. But um they, they <laughs> He wanted to do this speech in Philadelphia. And, <laughs> and instead of booking it at the Four Seasons Hotel Convention Ballroom or whatever, they booked it at Four Seasons Total Landscaping. And so they sent Rudy Giuliani out <laughs> to a parking lot. I'm a landscaping business. <laughs> and he just said, we randomly babbled insane shit. Um, you know, that has no basis in legal or <laughs> no basis in any reality. Um, so that was hilarious. Trump, as as of this moment, is is still quiet, but here's why this episode is called One Bullet at a Time. The big, we all know this from Max Payne. Do not cross a man with nothing left to lose. And Trump has nothing left to lose. Um, and he knows he's going to jail when he leaves office. And I got into a conversation with another friend yesterday, uh, who was like, oh, no, he'll never go to, he'll never go to prison or anything like that, or, you know, stuff like that. I was like, well, you can't pardon your way out of the Southern District of New York, who's been investigating you for criminal tax fraud, money laundering, 
and mysterious uh, embezzlement, foreign entanglements, uh, tax evasion, uh, bank fraud, wire fraud um, for like what, three years now? And they have his taxes. And you can't pardon your way out of state crimes. And the I'm a big believer in there needs to be I'll tell you the truth I'll tell you the truth about um, the election I was very dispirited about the election and it's because I drank the Kool-Aid I had unrealistic expectations Um, I thought we would just win in a landslide across the country because this man's killing us literally and that's just one among many of the horrible fucking things that this guy has done to us. Um, but it wasn't a landslide, at least not at first. That's why I have a little fact check here for you. Um, Joe Biden has won the presidency with the same or better margin than JFK, uh, than Nixon. Uh, I wait. I'm not sure about Nixon, but most presidents win by this kind of margin. It's you know the four or five percent margin, and that's just the way the the country is structurally set up to be this way. And and the GOP's plans over the last thirty years have hardened this dividing line because it makes people easier to manipulate um, via fear, lies, and madness. We're coming to an end of that era, hopefully, but QAnon and all the conspiracy bullshit, all of this stuff is not gone. But we won by a perfectly respectable, very healthy margin, and we won the popular vote by, you know, fucking, I think it's up to, like, almost four and a half million votes now. So he improved on Hillary's, you know, blah. Anyone who wants to say that this election isn't over needs to take a look at the lawsuits, the endless lawsuits that Trump has has tried to file, almost all of which are getting knocked down as soon as they pop up because they have no basis in fact, reality, or evidence. There's no empirical evidentiary proof of any of the fucking claims. He's just throwing these Rudy Giuliani out there, you know, blah, 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 and seeing what sticks. But um, we can only dodge one bullet at a time, and we do- we dodged the first big one, the first big one in our in our attempt to claw our way back to fuck being a fucking country again. Um, yeah, this this has exposed broad fissures and divisions throughout, you know, my friends and fellow fellow Americans. Uh, which is disturbing. I didn't know that the divide was so deep, but then I started thinking about it. And apart from the healthy margin, and the part, and apart from the fact that uh, GOP legislatures, state legislatures, uh, especially in Pennsylvania, um, did their damnedest to suppress the vote by not enabling, you know, pre-caching of the mail-in ballots uh, during a fucking pandemic year when everyone's gonna fucking vote by mail if you have any sense in you um and the uh, the Trump administration's evidently very su- more successful than when we would like to think attempt to sabotage the post office the postal su- postal system 
uh, to suppress, further suppress the mail-in vote, which has been going on now for three months, and they they knew they 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 knew, and that worked a lot better than, which is scary. It worked a lot better than we thought because there are a lot, there are hundreds of thousands of votes that will not be counted because prize per state. We run fifty different elections in the United States. If you're not from around here, um, there is no federal election. Um, so every, every state runs their own election, and many of them, especially the ones controlled by uh, Republican uh, governors and Republican state secretaries or, or secretaries of state or states, state secretary, I don't know, whatever, you get the idea, um, have passed all sorts of legislation to make it prohibitively difficult to vote in general. And that's even without the pandemic. Um, so for instance, uh, votes that are postmarked before uh, election day, but which arrive after election day in a lot of states are invalid. Which makes no fucking sense because it's postmarked, you know, blah. But anyway, so there's that. But then there's also, if you think about it, the one biggest thing that I keep coming back to is that it is very difficult in the United States to defeat an incumbent president. It's only happened 10 times. And this is 46. So this is the 10th time. Um, It's only happened once in my lifetime. Uh, So it's very difficult to do especially in the modern age, Republicans have gotten very good at winning elections by gaming the system and lying directly to their voters um, and, and appeal to prejudice and, and uh, wolf whistle, dog whistles, wolf whistles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the bad stuff. Um, so it is a big victory that we won. We dodged the biggest bullet. Now, we have a series of subsequent bullets. We gotta be like the fuck, we gotta be like Neo in the goddamn Matrix from here on out because this president has everything to lose. And when he gets turned out on January 20th, whether he likes it or not, that's what's gonna happen now. Um, whether it has to be the Secret Service, like is in the, is in the opening news blast uh, from The Onion. Um, or whether he just stays quiet. He hasn't said a goddamn thing. It's been blissful. Um, he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. And this does not exclude starting a war. This man has no compunction killing as many of us, or all of us even. Even all of us and himself. If he's going to go down, he's going to try to take everyone else down. Because he does not want to spend the rest of his life in prison. And in shame, ignominy, defeat, and the... If... If if he just walks, you know, walks away, he will go to prison. He, there will be a trial that will absolutely dis- the disclosure of which will absolutely destroy his life. Um, which you know can't do the time, don't do the crime, and you no one is above the law. And I think that there does need to be a truth and reconciliation. Uh, period after after this election because we have to deal with all of these lies all of this madness and we need to find out what a crook this guy actually is and we know you know sane people know what a fucking motherfucker this fucker was um but it, I think it's important that his supporters at least be exposed to that information 
We've also learned how damaging Fox News has been over the last 30 years. Um, state TV does ne- never works out well. Um, but we won. We won. I wish we could have gotten rid of Mitch McConnell. Moscow Mitch needs to be voted the fuck out. God damn it, Kentucky. But I drank the Kool-Aid. I thought that like we were headed for this massive blue wave. You know, blah, but the bottom line is this. Well, I won't tell you about that this week, because bottom line is this. We won. Now, don't... I'm not trying to gloat about that, because 70 million people, a little under half of of the of the Americans who voted voted for Donald Trump, which defies my ability to understand. It's either greed, fear, appeal to prejudice, just out of habit, low information, maybe you don't care about politics, a lot of a lot of other stuff. But there is a hardcore three out of ten people in this country, at least, who hardcore support Donald Trump and who probably hardcore support QAnon. And those things are not going away. Trump is going away, though. Trump is going away, but I could easily see him starting a war. Um, just for shits and giggles. I could easily see him tearing apart the entire government as much as he can in the next 73 or 74 days or whatever he has left. So that's the bullet. That's that's a, that's 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 the tightrope we have to walk now. Pins and needles. But we dodged the first bullet. So, this is a podcast. So let's let's best least games podcast. So let's let's do it. Uh, Ivor, you're fired. You're free now. You're a free man. <laughs> Holding up the whiskey sign. Yes. Cheers to you, Ivor. Oh my God, our long national nightmare. Well, at least the immediate threat of us losing the election is over. Uh keep your wits about you and stay safe because these people are armed they're these people are armed and they take their messaging from the interwebs where QAnon tells them to go cut the tall trees tomorrow and we'll see a spate of mass shootings and shit uh, likes of which you know I, I hope that does not happen I mean it would be a lot better if he conceded if he if he conceded and then QAnon can go away but no he's not going to do that he can't bring himself to do that because of his tiny little fragile fucking ego but cheers Ivor um, so yeah this is episode number 315 uh, 2020 11 08 17 37 p.m. Pacific Coast time uh, hooray for the red white and blue mmm Mm-hmm. So, also new in our um, top stories, I have three short top stories, and we have a feature for you. We have a review for you this week. Uh, first of all, in the bad news category, Apex Legends, a game that I have... Okay, so, when I was playing Titanfall 2, I... Uh, after I reviewed it, I ended up watching a bunch of video reviews of Titanfall 2 because I wanted to see if if other people liked this game as much as I did, and, you know, I just I was trying to figure out why 
why the game hasn't had a sequel yet and stuff like that, and I found this guy named Marco who does a really good fucking high quality uh, show on YouTube, uh, it's a review show and he talked about Apex Legends as his other primary arena based first person shooter, that is like physics based with grapple technology um, you know sci-fi weapon systems all in an arena shooter but without the Titans, because one of the things that I think he's kind of right, but I do love the Titans. They're just so cool. But um, one of the problems with Titanfall Two is the Titans, because it has this great system otherwise, where you build up speed and inertia through um, intensely uh, complicated series of combinations of um, movements. And maneuvers, like, you know, wall running and sliding down shit and blah, 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 all of which compound to make you so much faster and let you read and traverse the uh, level so much easier. And he said that Apex Legends was the game that he liked for this the most. And it's one of the older, oldest games, but it's constantly updated. Well, it finally came to Steam, and guess what? It's borked by EAC, so I won't say any more about Apex Legends sucks one good thing about Apex Legends though was that even though it is a free to play game I got like the supporter package or whatever which is usually something they hassle you about returning Steam processed my return like within the hour Um, it was great they gave me no shit like it doesn't run on my fucking operating system so I got my money back so that was good it was bad that it doesn't run and it'll run, and this is the most horrible thing, so don't be fooled by people who tell you that it runs. It'll run, but it takes like five minutes before it pings EAC, so you can go through a little bit of the tutorial, even. It looks, it looks great. The game looks great. You can watch the intro. Um, I had some problems getting uh, the the um, application to steal focus from my other monitors and to run maximized or whatever, full screen but uh, once you get that done you can uh, then enjoy exactly 5 minutes of the game plus or minus 2 or 3 minutes uh, before it pings EAC then kicks you off, even from the tutorial, so that sucks, because it's a fully working game and it's just, fuck you Linux you can't play it sucks Um, new site is coming by December hopefully our new website will we are on track, as of right now we're on track for our new website by December I'm trying to get it done before Thanksgiving, but I don't think it's going to happen because I have a lot of shit that I have to port over from the old website and I can't just do a straight up sequel uh, my sequel to, mm, to do it so I'm, I've W got the whole website and I wrote, I'm, wrote a parser that strips out each individual piece of content that I want and adds a tag to it. I'm about halfway done with that. Um, and then I have to write an import tool that'll, you know, blah. But uh, that that that's good. It's it's good. It's good. It's coming. Also, new endeavor, lunch stick. If you don't hang out on the Discord, then you haven't lived. Um, but you may have you. Well, if you don't then you haven't seen the lunch sticks that I've been making these are lunch boxes that are turned into world class fight sticks um, I will be selling them on Etsy hopefully starting end of next week uh, retail $120 
They are a very cool item. Everyone loves them. The sticks are unbelievable quality. The engineering design and everything done by yours truly. Yeah. I say that as if it's that difficult to do. It's not that difficult to do. But it does... It, it is a process. There's a lot of learning went into this. It's one of the sidetracks that I got, uh, I've gone down uh, as I prepare to build my quads. Now, for our review this week, we have a great review for you this week. I hope. I haven't I haven't uh, I haven't read through my notes since yesterday and I, but I think it fits in well with the uh, dodge one bullet at a time motif of today. Congratulations, America. You're, we put on our big boy pants and we voted the tyrant out. That's how it's done. That's how we do it. Now we just have to save the country. One bullet at a time. Okay? Ivar, based on with the review. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Butch Cassidy and his hole-in-the-wall gang are all dead now. But once... They ruled the Old West. The year is 1899. The Old West is settled. The Wild West is no more. The age of the robber barons has blossomed into the early fruit that will spawn the Gilded Age before the Great Depression and before the Great War. Scott Joplin is still alive. Storyville in New Orleans is the cradle of jazz. Young man by the name of Louis Armstrong evidently, so he claims, born on the 4th of July. And the last of the great gunslingers, the last of the great outlaws of the Old West, find themselves hemmed in and pinned by encroachment of civilization that they did not see coming, did not anticipate the strength of and could never see the shape of in form of the future civilization railroad railroads stretch across the country telegraph wires connect everyone instantaneously there are no more Indians, no more hostiles to be put down or to fear. Industry has taken hold. Commercial capitalism is in full bloom. Exploiting the land, its natural resources, and its people every maximum extent possible to pursuit of endless consolidation of capital. To manipulate markets, move worlds, topple governments and corrupt entire cities. It's the age of Tammany Hall. It's the age of Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. It is a it's the last gasp of a wild era. For fans of TV shows and movies of the period 
on one end, you have Hell on Wheels, which takes place in 1865 and spans 1865 to 1877, uh, but really covers 1865 to just before the crash of 18, uh, uh, the mid-1870s. Um, Lincoln is assassinated right before the show starts, and then we see the building of the Transcontinental Railroad. A miracle! A miracle! A miracle! Of modern ingenuity, of unbelievable backbreaking work, one bullet at a time, one, one one sleeper at a time. They laid the track, connecting east to west, from the Atlantic to the Pacific. It was no longer a, a perilous months-long journey. Um set with hardships, as we all know from the Oregon Trail. Uh, now it could be done in as few as seven days. Maybe a week and a half. You could you could have Thanksgiving. What, what, what's the great line from Hell on Wheels? You could have Thanksgiving in Monterey and Christmas in New York. Though why you would, I don't know. <laughs> Christmas in Chicago and New Year's in New York. This is amazing. So then, from there, you have Butch Cassidy. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. From there, you have Deadwood. And they're almost a t- They're almost tied in my mind's eye now. Deadwood is by far the better show and the best writing ever in television, I think. Um, But they canceled it, and I get teary just remembering them canceling it. Why did they cancel that? Oh, God! Why? (laughs) Anyway, Deadwood takes place in exactly almost the end of where Hell on Wheels ends. Hell on Wheels ends in like 1872, but it does it, it, it extends its scope to cover the lifespan of some of its characters um, to 1877. So we go through Lincoln, we go through the end of Lincoln, we go through the end of the Civil War, the Civil War has just ended, and we get to 1877. Grant is uh, Grant is president. I love Grant. Grant was never an anti-Semite. He, he just got drunk one day and he said that one thing and he, he reversed it the next day. He was never a... He gave freedom to, his, to a slave that he inherited from his father-in-law who was a fucking slaver. Uh, he wasn't a slaver. He was he was he was a farmer, but he had he kept slaves, and Grant immediately you know gave gave them their freedom. Grant was not a racist. Grant was a good man, and Grant is underestimated. I think Grant is vastly underestimated uh, because any mortal words. <laughs> oh God, who said it? Shit, not Tolstoy. God damn it. Oh, I can't remember his name! Oh, I'm losing my mind. It's been a hell of a week. Why can't I remember? 
Oh, he wrote the fucking second best books about America ever. Oh, God. Anyway, when I, okay, I have to, I have to look this up. I have to look this up. In, in Sandberg's Lincoln, which I have read dozens of times now, and I've read the, 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 every biography of Ulysses S. Grant, and I've read his personal uh, memoirs maybe six or seven times in various editions, too. Um, but uh, Lincoln, when Lincoln, when Lincoln was assassinated, oh my God, why won't his name come to me? He said, that all of the all other luminaries in the history of governing will appear only as moonlight to Lincoln's son so it's a hell of a shadow to stand in for Grant who's a great man he was a great man he was a great man and a fantastic president he held the union together it's underestimated his, his, and he was a war hero I'm not talking about the Civil War. I'm talking about the Spanish <laughs> War, or not the Spanish Civil War, the Mexican, the Mexican engagements, the Mexican campaign. He 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 was a hero, and in the Civil War, he was General Grant. Uh but anyway. So to, uh, forgive my digression. But this is this this all builds up to 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 our game in a moment. So then you have Deadwood, which takes place in I think eighteen seventy five, and then if you include the um, sixteen years later uh, two hour special that they did to close up the open gaping wound of Deadwood. Canceled Deadwood. Why did they cancel Deadwood? Oh my god! It's like baby Jesus being eaten by wolves, being fed to lions or something. It's, it's horrible. It's so horrible to cancel Deadwood. They <laughs> fucking HBO motherfuckers. But uh, setting so up Deadwood. And this is where the railroad tracks do not yet go, because it's in the wilderness, it's in the Dakota territories, 1874. Because the railroad track, the railroad is a transcontinental railroad, but it doesn't, there's no spurs that go to fucking Deadwood yet. And there's gold, gold in them, our hills. And so we see camp life in a static place. One that doesn't move with the rails. One that is completely isolated from from anything that would be recognizable as civilization. It, no law at all at Deadwood. I am not the fine man you take me for! I am not the fine man you take me for! I sold my boots! I sold my boots! I owe a whore $20. I don't know that I'll get home at all. I am not the fireman. <laughs> it's one of my favorite soliloquies in Deadwood. Maybe Ivor, if, 
Ivor, you're fired. You should have pulled that. So this covers 1874, roughly to the era in which our game begins. It is an era of progress, of wealth, of consolidation of raw capital. It is the era of the magnate, of the real robber barons, the rise of the robber barons, uh, the fortunes made over the intervening 30 years from 1874 to 1904 um, build the fortunes of Pierce Pont Morgan um, Rockefeller as they manage their transport empires meanwhile George Hurst and his media conglomerate his, his well that's actually his son, but George Hurst bankrolls, uh, creates a bankroll big enough out of his gold speculations uh, to fund a media empire that survived in well into the 20th century. And whose antecedents can still be felt here today in the 21st. The lessons from these eras are so profound and stark and they are so relevant today by the way. If you have Netflix, you need to watch Hell on Wheels. You need to watch all of it. All five seasons. There are some seasons that are a little slower than others. A little better. Not Nothing is ever slow in Hell on Wheels because we gotta go, baby. We gotta build this railroad. But in Deadwood, things slow to a crawl. We cover day by day. We see day by day camp life and the evolution of Real commercial capitalism. We see how a town, how how a mining camp becomes uh, something of a mining settlement, becomes something of a town, becomes something of a civic organization unto itself, and then gets reabsorbed back into the body politic, um, a very corrupt body politic. Because this is we're coming onto the age by the end of Deadwood, the end of the the extra special we gotta seal the open wound which is great it's, I'm so glad they did it, it was magnificent I thought it was magnificent As ever, everything here is spoiler free I'm not gonna tell you a fucking thing maybe we'll spare 15 minutes for uh, the actual game that we're gonna talk about but you see possibilities, the trend in all of these things and the trend in this this these 50, 60 crazy years of American history is towards consolidation of capital, consolidation of power and corruption of government. Corruption of law. Corruption of people. Corruption of individuals. It's very much like the Trump administration. Writ large, it is almost a lawless place. And we see the rule of law come to Deadwood. We see the rule of law come to Deadwood. Finally, we have Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which is the movie that most closely resembles the pattern that is carried out in this week's game, Red Dead Redemption 2. A game which I have not beaten yet. I did my damnedest to beat it in time for today, but it was overtaken by events. I have 125 hours in the game. I'm at the end of the game. Jojo, come on, Kendall, who's being in the game, says that I'm at 
nearing the end of the game. He won't say that, but he's hinted at it. I'm not going to ruin anything for you. The year is 1899. And every detail of this game, which takes place in a fictional part of America, you know, New Elizabeth is not a state, last time I checked. But it does make reference to um, real historical events. It just takes place in a Grand Theft Auto-style alternate, you know, analog world. Like, you know, uh, Vice City instead of Miami, um, Las Venturas instead of Las Vegas, Los Santos instead of Los Angeles, uh, Liberty City instead of New York, um, etc., etc., etc. Unlike the other games, though, that I just mentioned, except for San Andreas, which is the best, this game overwhelms. And it overwhelms with such magnificent perfume that it's so intoxicating and it's so much fun to be in this world it's 1899 world you are Arthur Morgan chief lieutenant to Dutch Vanderlyn the leader of the last gang of outlaw desperados driven east after failures in the old west law chasing them failed heist leaves their money stranded and they have to figure out what they're going to do to reorganize because Dutch Vanderlyn has a magnificent and insane utopian ideal all of you, every member of the gang cast outs wastrels, maniacs some of them all have their own reasons, their own personalities, their own great voice acting, um, their own stories to tell, their own inter- unique interactions with Arthur. But Arthur is our hero, our anti-hero. Arthur has killed a lot of people and done a lot of terrible things. And that is the focus of Red Dead Redemption 2. As I mentioned, the game is so elaborately illuminated like literally with the historical details of everyday life from the costumes and the clothing to the big cities to the tiny backwoods Kentucky hollers Kentucky style hollers to the bayous where the alligators roam to the high to high plains high plains there, is, there are no deserts. All the way up to Coulter, where the game starts. Frozen, fucking mountainous, snow, just blanketed, untouched, pure wilderness. Wilderness. No towns or settlements for miles and miles, where if you get snake bit, you're gonna die. The wolves get you, you're gonna die. We all have to die sometime. And so, that is the central focus. Arthur Morgan gives, as he and Dutch try to hold the gang together to get to their 
get the Dutch's flighty and increasingly erratic and insane notions of building a utopian paradise where they can all retire safe from the law his entire little band of reprobates who reprobates cast-offs drunks, maniacs gunslingers Indians, Mexicans freed slaves freemen banditos bank robbers scoundrels, cutthroats thieves small band but comprised of unique characters you Dutch and Hosea go the furthest back and John John Marston a name that everyone will from everyone who remembers the previous games will recall and through this lens of Arthur Morgan and Dutch and the gang you get set loose on this Old West from 1899, this last beautiful gasp of the Old West. The, so let's just talk about the good, and then we'll, we'll talk about the bad, and then we'll do a little recap. Uh, but the bottom line is this, not to bury the lead too far deep in the show. The game is magnificent. It's magnificent. It's, it also now holds the title for most beautiful game I've ever played. And I have not beaten it yet. But, so I'm just going to go down this list. The good, it's a new standard for most beautiful game. And though inconsistent, it never drops below like the level of wow. Like everything you see and do in this game is pretty much wow. It exceeds that level frequently. Like three out of ten times I would say it exceeds wow and goes like, oh my god, that is so gorgeous. One of the great things about this game is photo mode is your friend. It's not a great photo mode, but it's more than adequate and to take more than enough screenshots. I love taking screenshots of this game in photo mode. It's beautiful when you silence the HUD and you just see these things. I've been... It's fantastic. Uh, the story... I'm not going to tell you too much. All I'll say is, is a deep, dark, and nasty story. Tragic. Horrifying. Filled with blood, violence, bad decisions. Desperados don't get to make their own decisions. It's period accurate, detailed, and awesome. The controls can be very fucking buggy but after 120 hours they almost make total sense at least you are certain as to how they're supposed to work they don't always work that way um, which is a problem the sheer depth of broad adventure that you get in this game you can do whatever the fuck you want lots of random encounters lots of things can go bad very quickly in the game like you learn very quickly that if you're in town or around other people you have to lock onto them and just constantly greet them because if you bump into somebody there's a good chance that that will end in fucking bloodshed if not just a fist fight which will result in the law which does mean you will have a bounty if you try to escape or if you just kill the law you'll have an even bigger bounty and bounties get very expensive very quickly money is hard to get in this game 
uh, outside of the story missions, money is very difficult, uh, which is why, and it's by design, and it's a brilliant design, forces you to do other things like hunting, and side quests, and robberies, and thievery, and, uh, murder. Uh... But it gives you a real sense of of unique adventure and sometimes fear, because there are some real consequences. It's fundamentally enjoyable. This is probably the best thing I can say about the game that is the truest thing. It's fundamentally enjoyable to just get lost in this world of 1899 as Arthur Morgan. It's fun to get lost in building your outfits and buying clothes, picking out hats. It's fun to get lost in tracking legendary animals. It's fun to get lost in fishing. It's fun to get lost in just hunting out random encounters, looking for smoke on the horizon. Any campfire means there's someone there doing something. You can go right out there and see what the fuck they're doing. Say hi. Random encounters aplenty. Some of them aren't even random encounters. Some of them are just fucking traffic on the road sometimes you'll just run into somebody and all of a sudden your day has totally changed you're trying to ride back after skinning a bunch of fucking deer and you got a perfect deer carcass on the back of your horse and you know you're just you're staring at the trees or whatever and you're riding full board and you accidentally crash in a T-intersection T-bone a stagecoach and it turns out that they're transporting a prisoner and they think you're ambushing them and a gunfight erupts. Speaking of gunfights, the gunfights in the game are massive. You have uh, I don't like to rely on it too much. At least I didn't, but now I kind of do when I have to, I know when I need it um, if I'm sober when I'm playing it you can play the game drunk or stoned, it's great or sober it's a magnificent game, it's beautiful it's fundamentally fun biggest handicap to getting lost in the game though is the fact that it is crashy as fuck, and Joe Dracomon Kendall who beat it on Playstation said that it is still buggy as fuck on Playstation, it will crash it's a console game, it will crash other bad thing about uh, the game's design in terms of its as a piece of software engineering, um, it is wildly inefficient with its re- with its use of system resources. Um, sometimes and frequently without good reason. Uh, it's like there's no optimization even attempted in any aspect of this game, and that doesn't always show up. Uh, but the game is the most consistently beautiful game I've ever played. Um, but the massive gunfights are great because you do have a thing uh, called Deadeye, which slows down time in the single player. We're not going to talk about uh, online uh, today because I'm try- still trying to beat the game. But um, it slows down time and eventually, once you level it up enough, you can actually pick your shots and it slows down time to such an extent that once you can dual wield pistols you can headshot 7, 12 guys in one uh, dead eye if you're not moving away too fast and if you're really good and just go straight for the head and depends on the range but there are plethoras and so like you're a mass you can be a mass murderer very easily in this game is what I'm saying there's no real 
force that can take you down it once you by the time you learn how to play the game well which I'd say about 80 hours is when I started to get pretty good at the game and pretty much you kind of become invincible that changes in the later third of the game but I won't talk about that at all the gunfights are amazing the the detail is just phenomenal and the plethora of weapons incredible I am at the I'm nearing the end of the game I have I think 14 out of something like 46 weapons. It's amazing. You have Molotov cocktails, you have silent throwing knives, you have a lasso, you have all sorts of rifles, repeaters, different. you have pistols, you have um, revolvers, you have shotguns, you have machetes, you have Molotov cocktails, you have dynamite, you have uh... Yeah, that about covered that runs the gamut, but there there are various different models of all of them, and you can fully customize your guns. Not in so much the feel or performance, but you can get you can do some performance alterations as well. But in terms of the engravings, the metals used, um, the inlays, etc., 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 etc. Also, finally, in the good. Uh, I mean, because this game is amazing. Everyone needs to play this game. It's expensive, but it, you know, if you can't wait for it to go on sale, I mean, either wait for it to go on sale or just get it now. I would say get it sooner rather than later because the game still looks phenomenal. I think it's always going to look pretty much phenomenal. You know, like maybe five more years probably before it starts to look too dated. Um, but it looks great. Uh, and, it, and it'll run on most systems. It's buggy. It's buggy. But uh, one of my favorite things in the game is Arthur Morgan keeps a journal, a sketchbook. The type that I make, actually, it looks like they modeled his sketchbook off of my designs for the books that I make. It's hilarious. It's a little cross between Indiana Jones and a uh, Saddlebag sketchbook. Uh, with a leather uh, leather strap, keep it closed. And anytime anything happens to Arthur, anytime he rests, which is when you save, you can save at any time though. Uh, he updates his his journal, and he's he's a good artist too. Um, so you get to see concepts, what, what I imagine were originally the concept sketches. Like when you discover a new location, Arthur, when next time he saves, next time you save, next time you set up camp or sleep, he will update the sketchbook with that. And he writes in parallel to his illustrations of his experiences, his own personal thoughts, which sometimes can be, they always give more insight into Arthur and what he thinks and feels about things. Um, yeah. And it's amazing. It's an, I, sometimes I just go back and read the, the journal. I'll go back to the very beginning and I'll just sit there stoned out of my mind and read the whole fucking thing cover to cover again. And you're always adding new pages. The bad, I already mentioned the controls are can be a little buggy. And when they get a little buggy, you get a little killed. Um... The game is incredibly inefficient, and I can't play it for longer. The longest PlayStation I've had was four hours. Four and a half hours, I want to say. And then it crashed. Generally, it crashes 
every two and a half hours on my system, I'm running a 1080 Ti with 96 gigabytes of RAM, 11 gigabytes of GPU, uh, of, of video RAM. Um, yeah, it's just wildly wildly buggy and that kind of sucks because it does force you to save more often than you would and it does also force you when you forget to save as often as you should to lose shit from crashes which sucks nothing catastrophic because anything that you lose can be pretty much gotten back it's not that big of a deal um blah the map overall, it feels like the settlements are perfectly spaced and it feels like the areas have their own character and stuff but overall the map feels small in comparison to uh, Red Dead Redemption, which felt a lot larger, probably because it had uh, more deserts, arroyos and uh, mesas to explore and just was a bigger map what this lacks in size of the map, it more than makes up for in these enjoyable rides. When when someone's when it's going to be a long ride in the game, it's going to be a long ride. We're talking like, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, uh, non-stop, 5 minutes between the first two towns. Uh, once you train up a fast horse, you can get there in 5 minutes. 4 minutes and like 20 seconds is my... 420 is like my record for that. There are challenges, though, that I just discovered last night that I did not know about. They give you perks and bonuses and stuff. Um, training your horse is fun. Anyway, more geography would have been nice. Here's my biggest problem with the game. The sense of free will is so profound in this game, but it's hampered by Rockstar using their like pay-per-hour game design model. So, it works in this case because, you know, you're an outlaw, but when the game exacts consequences for actions that you have no choice but to do and there's no way to avoid them and then it forces those consequences on you later, the hypocrisy of the design ethos kind of shines, it comes bubbles to the ugly surface, um, takes away all your choices ultimately forces you into bloodshed and even worse things uh, moral things that you don't want to do but do and sometimes it's completely unnecessary to some it's a small complaint to others it will be a very valid one it does not in any way negate the total overwhelming charm of the game also, you cannot rob banks alone in single player outside of missions even though the detailed help that lives inside of the game, it's great. Tells you how to play blackjack, dominoes, five finger fillet, how to hunt, how to uh, how to fish, how to um, what, what the what, uh, how to, you know commit crimes, how to do robberies, how to rob stagecoaches, how to rob trains, how to rob banks, how to rob shop shops, and how to escape, how to deal with the law if you want to surrender, how to pay your bounties, etc, etc, etc. And it also tells you how to rob banks, which you can't do on your own. Three very frustrating hours of live streaming went into that. 
into gaining that hard won knowledge. And the entire interwebs basically says, oh yeah, you can totally do it, but it's all, in the immortal words of friend of the show, PLK455, all fucking interweb clip clickbait, because none of that is true. It's not true. You cannot rob banks outside of the missions in single player. Arthur's inner conflict, apart from the journal, is never really explored or experienced by the player directly. Just like this is a flaw in all of Rockstar's games, except for San Andreas, by virtue of it not giving you a real choice to do what you want to do in terms of the story, um, it robs the player of actually getting to experience the consequences of their own actions in terms of through the through how they affect Arthur. Instead, though, what is there is magnificent. The consequences you experience, you do feel you come to love Arthur Morgan. You come to know him and love him as your avatar. Same way that you come to know and love Mad Max in Ma- in Mad Max. Um, but it's never fully explored by the player. The, the NPCs can be touchy and erratic which sometimes, especially when combined with the controls, can make it difficult to lock onto somebody that you've upset, like you've bumped into, like in the street, and they can start fighting you, and a whole riot can break out, just because you didn't apologize quick enough, and you know, you eventually get good at, at making sure that doesn't happen, but it's... The, the NPCs can be touchy and erratic at times. Lots of times, with good reason, because like, no one wants you know, a, a fucking crazy ass gunmen they never met before riding up on their camp while they're prospecting they're going to get unfriendly very quickly if you don't leave them alone and that results in bloodshed if you know you want to take it there i normally just go away i try to i try not to kill people but i've killed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably killed about 700 people there's no stats page in the game that tells you how many people you killed the side quests generally result in shitty immoral rewards that are really not that great and they kind of reward nothing um, like it's you know frequently money it's never anything special and there are lots of special things in the game most of which you have to hunt or complete challenges to be able to craft and have the ingredients to craft Overall, it's a buggy, amazing, sprawling story. It completely captures the uh, this very rarely covered, um, most romantic and sad fin de siècle, end of the cycle um, of the Outlaws of the Old West. It, it leaves one thinking, though, at times, the general impression when the game doesn't crash, it's just of pure enjoyment. But it kind of does leave me thinking about how much better it could have been if they used like a San Andreas ethos where you actually get to make real real decisions in the story. Um, but yeah, it's all overwhelmed. It's, it's, it's magnificent. And the adventure is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Dodge one bullet at a time, my friends. We got a new president. I will see you next week. Sorry we're late, but... I'm not sorry at all. Cheers, everybody. Odeo West.
Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.